Beam Babe. Welcome to the Beam Life Podcast, where we are all about honoring your truth, prioritizing your passions, and unlocking your potential. Let's go. I'm your host, Caitlin, and it's my calling in life to create this community of like-minded, kick-ass women ready to make moves and live a life they are obsessed with. So if you're ready to be everything and more, babe, let's get this party started. Hey, Beam Babe, I am so excited you're here. Happy Wednesday. You are going to absolutely adore this week's guest, Kelsey Graffis, former elementary school teacher turned empowerment coach. I couldn't believe when I first came across Kelsey's Instagram profile that both of us have, you know, our title as empowerment coach. And she has this very bubbly photo, and I knew instantly we would be friends. And um, when I reached out, her response was, heck yes, girl, I would love to be on the podcast. And the reason I reached out to have Kelsey on the podcast was because her main message is helping women who are stranded in people pleaser mode to reclaim their best selves, their most empowered selves, and start making themselves a priority to live the best life here and now. We have a similar mission, and I love finding other women just as passionate about changing lives as I am. So if you're ready for an action-packed, amazing conversation, then let's get this party started. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? I'm so happy you joined us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So, you know, the way we met was so organic and fabulous. And that's why I love the internet because you just never know (laughs) who you're going to meet. Um, I was instantly like, oh yeah, she's totally speaking my vibe. We both are empowerment coaches, um, helping women really rediscover themselves at whatever point of the journey that they're in. So I just think it's a beautiful thing to align with other people with the same mission because we can just start changing, you know, one life at a time. And, um, I'm just hoping our conversation today, which I know it will, will just create some sort of change in anybody who's listening. So I know you're, you're skilled at that. And I'm excited to hear what you have to bring to the table today. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, how you became an empowerment coach. All right. So I, uh, my journey starts about six years ago. Um, I've been an elementary school teacher for the last six years also. And in my first year of teaching, I just really lost touch with myself. Um, I found myself in like this really unhappy space and I struggled because I didn't understand why I was so unhappy because I was in the career that I, I thought I wanted to be in. You know, I had amazing friendships, amazing family, like everything in my life was going so well, but I just wasn't happy and that's concerning. <laughs> yeah. um, so I just, you know, I, I did, I sat in it for a while and I just kind of felt like, okay, I guess this is the way it's supposed to be, you know, like we can't be happy all the time. Um, and so I sat in it and I finally got to a point where I was just like, okay, like I've reached my max enough is enough. 
I know in my heart that my life is not meant to be lived feeling this way. Um, and so I just kind of decided at that point to start taking action to just take care of myself and try to find that happiness. And I literally started by getting, uh, Gretchen Rubin's, um, what is it called again? The, like the happiness project. Yes. 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 And so I was going to say like be, find happy or be happy, but yes, happiness yeah, project. Yeah. Yes. I got that on my Kindle. And so I, I was reading it. I was reading it but nothing was changing because all I was doing was reading it. Right. I wasn't actually doing the work or right. putting in anything that she was sharing in the book, you know, because I just, I had this mindset that like, it's going to be easy to find this happiness again. All I have to do is pick up this book and read it. And, and I'm going to be back to where I need to be. And that wasn't the case. And so I kind of started to look into other ways to start to bring this happiness. I didn't realize honestly at this point in time that this was something that I could create for myself. I Mm. was looking for all of these external factors to help me learn how to do it. And I thought the answers would be in a book. I thought the answers would be in podcasts. I thought they would be on people's posts on Instagram. And uh, that's actually where my journey took me next is I had been very, um, caught up in a fitness lifestyle, not a health lifestyle, a fitness lifestyle that was based on the fact that I was living for everybody else. Um, because it was all like motivated by the external validation that I would get. And so at this point in time, my Instagram feed was full of fitness coaches again, not health coaches, but fitness coaches. Yeah. And, um, So it was, that was just kind of part of my process. I was in that. And then all of a sudden, one of these uh, fitness coaches who I looked up to, you know, followed her workouts, all this stuff started to shift in her own business and started to incorporate more of the mindset with it. Uh, Mm. And that's when I decided to commit to one of her free challenges that she was hosting because I was like, oh, cool. Like, I can work on my mindset a little bit and I'm getting these workouts, you know, like it's my, that's where my yes, brain still was. Yes. And so uh, I committed to it. And then, um, the challenge, the mindset piece of it just simply started out with gratitude and just writing down three things that you are grateful for every, every day of this challenge. And since that day, that's a practice that I've stuck with because that's where things really started to change for me. Um, when I started to pay more attention to what made me happy, uh, instead of looking for the answers in the books or the podcast or what have you, but paying attention to what my heart was saying made me happy. And while I was on this journey, you know, I started, I started to do more work with this coach, just mindset stuff and inner work and all of that. And I really realized that the reason why I was so unhappy back at the beginning of this journey was because I was living for everyone else. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. everything, like even like being a teacher, it was something I had heard from the time that I was young, that I was going to be when I grew up, you know, all of these things, like it just, I hadn't created any of it for myself. I never truly yeah. went within and said, okay, what do I want out of my life? And so that's something that I did do in this process. And I came to find out that, yes, I am still passionate about teaching kids. Like most of what was going on in my life is still aligned with me, but I had stepped into living that from a space of I'm doing this for myself 
instead of I'm doing this for other people. And so that's kind of what then catapulted me into coaching in the first place is because I was doing all this work and I was like having these massive breakthroughs, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm watching so many other women around me, especially in the education field, experiencing the same thing that I was back at day one. And Mm -hmm. so at that point, I had the realization that my mission and my passion goes so much further than just helping and guiding children. It goes to helping and guiding women to step into this and to start to live their lives for themselves outside of what everyone else expects them to do. So yeah, that's, that's what got me into, into the coaching world. I love it. And I, I swear besides being an elementary school teacher, it's a very, I have a super parallel story. Um, that's so funny. So I totally had the same transition through fitness and again, fitness, not health, right? I totally relate to what you were saying. They're very different things because when you come at it sometimes from a fitness standpoint, it's about the aesthetics, right? Like having to like look a certain way and present yourself a certain way, etc. So I totally get that. Um, one important thing that I thought, you know, that you said too, and I think will probably deeply resonate with listeners is everything was like, good. You know, it's not like you had some crazy, you know, insane thing happened to you that like made you wake up and pivot. This was like a series of things that like piled and piled and piled, but subtly, Mm -hmm. subtly. Um, and I think many people find themselves trying to find the right word, like not worthy of Mm -hmm. wanting something different because most people would just kill for their current situation. Mm -hmm. So they feel bad for not wanting that. And I think that that's a huge thing that you said. And I want to like, make sure I point that out because a lot of people might be in that boat. I know I have too. like previous to me making my shift. I owned a business. I had a healthy baby. I was in a marriage. Like I lived with a great, in a great house and in a good town. And I have great friends and a loving family, like all was great. It was literally like a freaking cookie cutter, everything set up for me kind of thing. And even then like the entrepreneur life, it's not like that was super nine to five ish. Like I'm still doing my own thing, but, and I was good at it. It just wasn't for me and that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that's really powerful to tap into when you go into this experience. Um, I always like to call it an adventure because that's what it is. You know, it's just this big adventure and it gets to be what you make it. And it is a really important point to say, you don't have to have this big event. That's going to catapult you into committing to yourself, you know? And I think a lot of times, like I hear it a lot is it's like, well, I'm not going to hire a coach yet, or I'm not going to work with a coach yet because like, I don't really have anything to like, quote unquote, improve upon if that right work on. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, it's so much, it's so much more than that. And yes, there are some coaches out there and certain things that you can work through where it's like, yes, you're working through something big, but a lot of the work that I do and you do is to really help you just like go from where you're at and just like step into this next level and, and do it for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the difference too. Like we're not therapists, right? So it's like, we're not going back and like necessarily there is part of it that's from childhood, right. That we carry with us, Mm -hmm. but we're not healing those traumas. We're trying to get you from point a to point B. And usually that means choosing yourself, which is the hardest obstacle for most people. (laughs) And even me, like, and I'm sure for you, right. Even being an empowerment coach and preaching this day in day out, I still find myself in situations where I'm like, oh, I feel bad, feel guilty. Like I really don't want to do this, but I feel like I have to do this. So it's not like it just, um, cause we're coaches that we don't feel that same way too, but you know, we've built the tools to be able to support us through those, you know, maybe guilt feelings that come along with doing things for other people and not ourselves. Right. Yes. So along with when you choose this kind of journey of yourself, right. And moving away from the path that other people might've had planned for you, Mm -hmm. or that maybe even you had planned for yourself, right. Um, that you were like, yeah, since I'm a little kid, I'm going to be a teacher and this is my life and this is how it's going to go. So when you choose often and boldly choose to take Mm -hmm. a different direction, that can often come with like a lot of judgment and guilt, which is something we've talked about because you're dealing maybe with the guilt part of, well, life isn't even bad. Like, why am I choosing something different? Everything's working out fine. Why do I basically have to just like shit all over it, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) And then, or it's like, well, what are people going to say or think about me by making these moves? Like, what was your experience with that? Yeah. So, uh, when I started to make this shift, I, while I had put in the inner work, I really wasn't standing in my power yet. Um, I really like, and honestly, when I started out, I was just titling myself as a life coach. And I've since moved into this empowerment coaching because stepping into this role has actually been what's empowered me the most yes. and me feel my most empowered self. So now I'm like, okay, yes. Like I literally have chills as I'm saying this, like this was the work that I was meant to do to get to this point. And so when I started, uh, my coaching business, I was really just going to try and kind of, you know, help teachers who were feeling the same way that I was feeling, just get back in touch with themselves, realign with their personal values was a big thing that I worked on them with. And so I wasn't arrived quote unquote, I were never fully arrived, you know, but like at my most empowered self to, be able to go boldly into yes. the decision. Uh, I remember, so my business ended up starting because of this coach that I had started doing some stuff with, you know, I finally got on a clarity call with her and she was just like, she, she was kind of the one who solidified it for me, even though I had the thoughts. Yes. She was like, you need to be doing this work. Like you have the light you have, like, I see it in you. You need to be doing this. And I was like, okay, I do, but I didn't commit on the call because I had to still get validation from other people. And so I think this is something, you know, it's going to depend on where you're at in your journey, how you, how you can respond to this. Like, I literally remember like texting my parents and being like, so I'm thinking about doing this thing, even though it was a hell yes for me, I was still doing this. And I was afraid to tell like my friends and like admit that I was doing this thing. And you sit here and you're like, well, why? Because what I'm doing is so cool. And it's going to help so many people. And it makes me happy 
But at that time I was still looking for that validation. And so I really just think the best way to kind of learn how to go boldly into these decisions of, of shifting and not even, you know, necessarily shifting Not everyone feels called to do the shifting, but, um, going into the space of discovering if you're on the right path, you know, you just, the more you do it, the easier it gets, the more confident you get stepping into whatever's next for you. Um, and I always, I, I do think it's a surefire, like first sign when you're ready to do something and you can't make the decision yourself. Yes. Like yes. that's, that's the surefire sign that a number one, you're, you're meant to do it or you wouldn't be feeling this way, but then it's the sign that you're still not living for yourself and you're still yes. needing everyone's approval or support or what have you. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously I want the people in my life to support me. Um, but if they don't like, this is my journey, not theirs. Yes. So. Yes. Oh, so good. Because I do truly believe that like, at least for me, one of the biggest signs that I use is if I find myself calling, phoning a friend, <laughs> literally, like if I find myself doing that, then I'm like, Hmm, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Am I unsure about this decision? Because, you know, usually I'm pretty sure. And I'll just like do things. But when I find myself caught up in that, I'm either like unsure. So I need someone else to tell me, or it's something that I know I need to do, but it's so big and so scary and so foreign that I'm like, I need someone to tell me I'm going to be okay, you know, and, um, or to tell me I'm insane and like, don't do it, you know? So yeah, I totally use that as a tool for myself. And I think, you know, listeners can use that as a takeaway from today as well. It's like, if you constantly finding yourself asking for approval to really dig, sit down and like dig into why, why does this person's opinion matter? And if they say yes or no, what kind of weight does that have on your decision? And if somebody were to say you know, don't do it, but you wanted to do it. That should also be a sign to yourself. Like, Oh, wait a second. Like, yes, I need to go for this. This was meant for me. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, you hit the nail on the head too about coaching when, how you said no at first, even though it was such a hell yes at first for you, like it was a gut instinct, right. That intuition, I really wholeheartedly believe in coaching, not because I'm just a coach. I've used coaches for the last 11 years in personal development, in fitness, in business development, in all the things, right? Um, and we need coaches. Coaches help pull and um, help us reflect on things that are maybe difficult to see at the time. So I love, I love that even, you know, you said, and that comes from like a client position, right? Like you're talking, you're like, I know I'm aligned for this, mm-hmm. but I'm scared. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I mean, so, there's so much that goes into that fear too, you know, like changing yes. is scary, but it's, if you're not, if you're not taking the risk, then what are you doing? You know, yes. I, I heard it on a, I can't remember what podcast, but I did hear it on a podcast one day. And it's like stuck with me ever since that, like you can try it 
and you can fail and that's great. And then you know that it wasn't meant for you, but if you don't try it, then you're always still going to be wondering if it was meant for you. So it's like, just try it. And if it doesn't work out, okay, it doesn't work out. That's, that's a growth opportunity too. That's a lesson you get to receive. And now, you know, and you can move on to the next thing. Totally. Totally. I love it. Essentially. Like also what we're talking about here is what is, you know, the, you know, common term of people pleasing. Um, that's really what we're talking about here. So why do you think so many of us are wired this way to like constantly want either approval or just to do like sacrifice ourselves to make someone else happy? Yeah. I, you know, I think it's most prominent for women. And I think a lot of that is just because that's the story that we've been told, you know, it's our job on this earth to serve, to take care of, to be the person who's supporting everybody. And so then it just goes down generation after generation after generation, you know, and we, we see our mothers doing it. And so then we're like, okay, that's, it's the modeling the behavior for us, you know, and there's nothing wrong, of course, with serving people and caring for people, but the problem or where it becomes a problem is when you're doing it so much that you're not doing it for yourself. And that was the hardest lesson that I ever learned was just like, but I'm, 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 I'm helping people. I'm teaching kids. I'm, you know, but it's like, I was doing nothing for myself. And so I think it's just something that we're taught and we see, and it's something that we now have the power in our lifetime to decide to start to break that or to start to teach and like yes. show, you know, like you have a daughter start to show her like, actually, yes, we're going to serve and we're going to love people and we're going to help yes. people. But what's just as important is that you're doing that for yourself. And then that will start, you know, it'll start the ripple, which will hopefully at yes. some point <laughs> we'll, yes. be, we'll be able to change it. But I really do think that that's why why it is the way we are is because it's just so ingrained in us at this point. Yeah. I think, you know, specifically women have such a nurturing caregiver spirit, Mm -hmm. um, that we forget to fill our own cups. And I'm always preaching that so much. And then people are like, isn't that selfish though? Like to choose me. And I'm like, I'm not telling you to tell people to F off and like, not talk to you. Like, that's not what I'm telling you. That's not what this is about it's about how think about when you aren't serving yourself and you are literally running yourself ragged for everyone else. Like you're helping someone else build their life, their dream, or, you know, not taking care of your health so that you can get a lot of times it's like, well, my kid has soccer and my kid has baseball. And then I've got to take them to tutoring. And, and that's wonderful. Like, of course you are being there for your child but what good does it do if you're not showing up in your best way? Cause then you start building resentment and then you're tired and then the explosion happens, right? It's like, let's come at it before the, ex- like this explosion really never needs to happen. And it won't, if you are choosing and filling your cup and those can be really simple things, right? People often think that it has to be these massive time consuming gestures, And so let's get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. What are some tools that you like to 
tell your clients who have people pleasing tendencies, some tools that people can use to break these bad habits that we've created? Yeah. So, uh, the first step is to just simply become aware, start to notice where it's happening because part of this being ingrained in us is the fact that we don't recognize we're doing it most of the time. And so I just always suggest, you know, for a week or two weeks, just keep a note on your phone or keep a journal and just write out what you were aware of during that day. You know, it it does really help to have it with you all the time. So you can catch it as soon as possible and forget it, especially since it is something that you don't recognize regularly anyway, and just become aware of the patterns that you see, you know, is your people pleasing more in your career? Is it more in your home life? Is it more toward your partner or is it more toward your kids? And then when you create this awareness, around where it's really impacting you, that's when it starts to become easier to shift it and change it. And so then once you're aware of it, you can really start to set those boundaries, which I know is a really scary, hard word for people pleasers. I know, Yes, yes. (laughs) but you know, it, this is another thing where it's just like, I can't say it enough. The more you layer it and layer it and layer it, the easier and easier it's going to become. And so to just become aware really recognize like the biggest pattern and then plan for yourself to set some boundaries around that. And, you know, I also think a lot of times people think that a boundary is always saying no, or a boundary is saying like, I'm not available during this time, or a boundary is saying, I don't care about whatever it is that you need me to do. And that's not the case. Like a boundary can be something as simple as my morning routine time, like I just need 10 minutes to jot out my gratitude in my journal. And that's my boundary for the day, you know, but you just make people in your life aware of it. And then, and then your life gets to get into this flow where, and that's how I like to view it is it's like when you're in this space of being able to put yourself first while still being able to serve others, your life is in this flow where there never is really any give or take. Um, yeah. Obviously at some, you know, sometimes that's going to happen, but in your consistent day-to-day life, you just get into this flow. And when you're in the flow, then everything is working out for you better yes. than you had planned anyway. So it's, it doesn't even need to be a scary thing to like have yes. to tell people no, because you always know that you're doing the best thing for all involved. Yes. Oh, I love that. And totally boundary setting is something that I learned, um, post my divorce through that. I didn't realize like how much codependency I had crazy. Cause everyone's like, you're like the most independent, strong woman. We know how do you, how are you codependent? Like that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, trust me when you actually know what codependency <laughs> is, it makes perfect sense. And sometimes the most strong people are the codependent ones. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just felt like that my value and my worth was tied up in how much I did and how many people I made happy and how stressed out I was. Cause I knew that if I was running, run ragged, but everyone else was happy, I was doing my job, right? Like that's how I felt and, and it gets exhausting and you can't keep up with it. Yeah. And so, like you mentioned, just taking the 10 minutes, that's how I started. It was like. I'm just going to get up in the morning and have five minutes of me time. 
because I'm also a mom. So five minutes in the morning, while that seems like nothing to some, it's a luxury for me, you know, that's a luxury. Um, and so yeah, just being able to communicate those needs. So important. Yeah. And I think too, speaking to like the point of codependency, you know, and that's, that is a big part of people pleasing too, is it's like, you're doing this for someone else. It's, it's not for you. And so I always like to encourage women to start to recognize the feeling that comes along with the, the, um, what's the word, like the situation that you're in, I guess, for, you know, like that's, what's coming to my mind. Like, so for example, someone asks you to, to help them like clean out their garage for the weekend or something. And if for you, it's like, no, like my weekend is my me time. I need to do it, but you're feeling inclined to say yes. And you say yes anyway. And so I always suggest to look at what does saying that yes, make you feel, um, like, what feeling do you get from validating them? I'm trying to put this into the right words. Um, yeah. What, what does validating their feeling allow you to feel? Is yes. it, you know, acceptance? Is it love? Is it support? And then how can you begin to create that feeling for yourself so that yes. you don't need to rely on others to create it for you in a situation that's going to actually do the opposite and make you feel less than because you just did something you absolutely didn't want to do. Want to. Yeah. I totally, it's interesting too. Like I so respect boundaries now as well. And I think one thing that maybe you find it this way or not, but so many of my friends, when they explain a situation of someone saying no, or just not being available, we say it's bitchy. Like that person is so bitchy and they're not being bitchy at all. It's literally, they just have boundaries, Mm -hmm. but the modeled behavior is, well, what, what do you mean? No, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. What did you say? (laughs) And it's, it's, it's very, um, it's still in this day and age, which I find so fascinating. People are very taken back when people have a boundary and it can literally be considered as bitchy, rude, arrogant, egotistical, all of these things. And I just, I really hope that part of my coaching and I I get the sense from you, it's like absolutely not feeling that way about yourself when you set a boundary or someone else when they set a boundary. Right. And I think that's the, another important piece in doing this work is that I am out of space now. Like don't, I used to be the person where if someone told me no, or like I needed their help with something or wanted them to do something for me. And they told me, no, I was like, so rude. Yeah. What, why won't you do this for me? But now because of the work that I've put in, like I've also learned to respect other people's boundaries because I've learned how it feels when someone respects mine. And so if someone tells me one of their boundaries, great, I'm going to respect it. And I'm not going to be upset about it. And that's why I do wish more people would, would do more work around boundaries and learning how to set them for themselves, because then I think we would all be much more accepting of one another's as well. Absolutely. I love it. So I'd love to know from you because you've done so much self-work and now pouring into others on all this good stuff. What is one of the biggest lessons you've learned? And then 
how do you use that for situations for yourself in the future and with your clients? Yeah. So, um, this is just a full, you gotta, you gotta believe it type of thing. Um, but the biggest lesson that I have learned and I continue to be reminded of every single day is that everything is working out for me, for Mm -hmm. my good. even like the shit, when you go through it, there's a reason everything that you go through makes you stronger. And so to, you know, I, I'm actually like in real time right now, processing something that made me feel incredibly like angry. And so, um, I'm sitting here just telling myself, like, there's a reason this happened, you know, obviously still allowing myself to feel the feelings because by no means is it okay or healthy or good for you to suppress these feelings, to feel them. But to, instead of sitting here and being like, whoa, is me, why did this happen? Well, you know, going down that rabbit hole, I am now sitting here saying, okay, this is okay. Like, this just means that something even better is about to open up for me, you know, and just viewing every opportunity as that. And that took me a really long time also, because it's just, it's those mindset shifts, which you just have to keep doing over and over and over again, over yes, our theme for this call. Um, but just the more that you remind yourself of that, the more of a, like more second nature, it becomes. You know, I didn't even realize it until mid this experience that I was so consistent with it. And so I sat here for a minute and I was like, whoa, like look at how far I've come. Look at what I'm doing. And so that's just something that I will continue to work on and continue to practice and continue to work on with the women that I get to work with, because it's just recognizing everything for what it is, allowing yourself to feel, to hold for yourself, which goes back to that. If you're in people pleasing tendencies, it's going to be challenging for you to even take the time to hold space for yourself in the first place. However, when you're able to do that, you know what you need and how to process whatever emotion you're feeling. And then you get to sit here and you get to remind yourself, okay, yeah, something better's coming. That is happen- like- yeah, absolutely. I, probably like one of the things I live for is this is for me. Like this was created for me and I've been through harder times and it's going to be okay. Yes. I love that so much. So what's next for you? I know that, you know, any of us in this personal growth and mindset phase are always working on something. So what's next for you, Kelsey? Yeah. So, um, I guess personally, what's next for me is I am honestly just continuing on my own adventure. You know, I continue to do the work myself. I continue to invest in, in things that I feel called to invest in for my growth. And so personally, I've really been focusing in on my spirituality these past couple months. So I'm looking forward to just continuing that journey. Um, business-wise, what's next for me? Uh, right now, I'm just working on nurturing, you know, my one-on-one clients and nurturing those offerings. And so I'm excited for that. I think, I really think there's some big shifts coming in my business, which I'm not speaking to yet, but I think that's a whole piece Yay. of what I'm going through right now. So I'm really yes. looking forward, looking forward to that. Um, and then just kind of rounding out the year and in a chill way in December, I'll be hosting a webinar on standing in your authentic power to take us into the love new it. year. So 
Oh, love it. Love it. We'll share so that fun. when you um, launch it. We'll share it in the beam life yeah, for sure. Sounds good. And then where can beam babes find you specifically to connect with you? Yeah. So I pretty much live on Instagram. <laughs> it's my favorite place to be. So I'm adventuring Kelsey on Instagram. Um, I have a website also adventuring Kelsey.com and I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm on all <laughs> of it. these spaces, pretty much like the same handle, but really, if you want to connect with me, just come to Instagram, send me a DM because I just love chatting and connecting there. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put all of that in the, all your handles in the show notes too. So to end our conversation today, I always like to do, um, a beam babe lightning round. So it's a series of 11 questions and then whatever comes to mind for you. Um, yeah, just whatever comes to mind with the question. Are you down to play? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Okay. First question, a beam babe is a woman who is ready to step into her next level. Up. The feeling of ready. My favorite. You may not be taking action yet, but you're ready to step into that next level. So good. It's actually my favorite question. I'm like, why isn't that last? Um, because <laughs> the answers that I get from this, I'm just like, yes. Okay. Yes. Very empowering, right? <laughs> favorite song that always makes you dance. Ooh, gosh. Um, I have like a whole playlist of like boss babe songs that make me dance, but I would okay. say the one that like always gets me to my core is fight song by who is that by Rachel Platten. Is that yes. right? Yes. It just like, it, it came this out, I think around, yes, song. it came out around the beginning of my journey. And so I think now it just even has so much emotional connection yes. for me that it just like, it gets me every time. So good. What are you currently reading? Uh, seven habits of highly effective people. That was my first personal development book. It's so good. Oh my gosh. There's so much in it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like what I always say. It's like personal development 101. Yes. So good. Um, a beam babe that inspires you. Ooh, Michelle Obama. Love her. Love. Yeah. Last thing that made you feel grateful. Um, I felt really supported and loved recently. So definitely that's when are you most inspired? Anytime I'm out in nature. So me too. What always makes you laugh? Uh, Schitt's Creek. (laughs) (laughs) Moira. Moira's the best. They're all so good. Yeah. I love them all. Yeah. Favorite meal or food? Pizza. So I was like, you were like, and pizza, pizza, <laughs> normal pizza, not like the fancy pizzas yes. that, I mean, they're fine, but like good old fashioned like, just, pizza, just pizza. Yeah. Um, if you could raid anyone's closet, who would it be? Oh, um, I would say any of the housewives from Beverly Hills. <laughs> so good. It's either, it's funny. This question is either housewives or Kardashians. I feel like those are the main answers I yeah. get. <laughs> like, that would honestly be my second choice. So yeah, they've got, everyone's got good clothes there. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> uh, TLC shows like 90 day fiance and all of those series. <laughs> I love it. And what makes you beam? Mm. Just celebrating myself, you know? 
um, honoring my journey and helping other women to celebrate themselves and honor their journey as well. Love it. I just had this, um, big conversation with one of my clients about celebrating mm-hmm. and how it was funny because I asked them, I'm like, how are you celebrating that? And she was like, what do you what? mean? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that was a big deal. Like, how are you celebrating that? And she's like, you mean like a party or something? I'm like, well, no, but what feels good? Like, how are you celebrating? Mm-hmm. So it's a foreign concept yeah. to celebrate our just showing up for ourselves and in the world in this true authentic way, because it's so powerful when we do that. So I love that you said that. And I'm also so grateful for our time today. This has been an incredible conversation. This is totally what makes me beam is connecting (laughs) with women like you doing fabulous things. So thank you, Kelsey, so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Yes. Bye girl. Bye. You are the best beam babe. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another Beam Babe or post it on social and tag me at The Beam Life so I can tell you thank you for helping me share the mission. You can also send me a text, yes, a real text, to 323-673-2709 where we can connect outside of the podcast. You can either chat with me one-on-one or just receive the weekly text I send to beam you up throughout your week. Anyways, it's been fun as always, and I'm honored to be a part of your journey. Until next time, keep beaming, babe.